0: Joey is watering dog shit. My name is Matthew Kroll, and everyone needs to find their Irvine. My name is Shahir Dowd, and this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Palm
1: Springs. Uh, Wouldn't we all like to be at Palm Springs right now, chilling on a on a in a pool
0: float with some beer? Yeah, maybe. With, Whatever it is you drink, with a very specific beer, uh, not uh, not dissimilar <laughs> to the to the beverage you are drinking right now,
1: Shahir. I'm actually drinking a beer. This was not uh, planned, but uh, my company, we just uh, finished up a uh, a promo set with a with a brand uh, with a uh, beverage company called Golden Road, and uh, it's always awkward when I get into. Uh, production meetings like that because I'm not a drinker and I'm like I'm always afraid they're going to start talking about about beer and I'm all going to be like uh-huh yep cool 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 um, <laughs> so uh, uh, at the end of the project uh, I was driving past a beer shop uh, just a, just a couple of days ago and I thought I'll I'll go in and try some uh, and I bought a thing and and I got maybe I've drunk the Kool-Aid on it I don't I, I want to hope that I'm being ab- as as objective as I am about beer as I am about movies. But I like this
0: one. All right. But someone we are not objective on, someone we love very dearly, is joining us today. Yes. Hey, guys. what? Who is that strange voice coming at us from the
1: ether? Is it- Who is that? Is it- Who is that? Brandon Ripley? Oh, hi, Brandon! hey oh, hey Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Uh, so excited to have you back. It's not- we often say this to our guests, and not many people actually take us up on this, but Brandon um, is uh, the fantastic cinematographer, owner of uh, Sleepless Pictures, who's worked on a number of my films, and he's also been on the podcast for American Honey and Uncut Gems, um, and, and one of the things that we always say to our guests when they leave is like, hey, buddy, anytime you want to come back, mm-hmm. any movie you want to talk about, mm-hmm. just hit us up. No problems. Very rarely does that actually happen. <laughs> Very, I, Matt, can you count like on the probably on one hand? Yeah, how many times people have taken us up on them?
0: Brandon and Steve Busia and maybe Red. <laughs> yeah, maybe and Jess Tucker. Maybe. All right, a lot of people, but that's not the point. That's not the point. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, guys.
2: We're we're glad glad to have you back. I'm glad to be here. Um, as soon as the movie was done, I texted you here and I was like, I want to get on the podcast. I want to do this movie. Um, I just. I don't think this. I think this is the first time, Shahir, that I haven't actually spoken to you about what how you felt about the film before we've gotten the podcast. I wanted to save. So I have no idea if you like it or if you hate it. Uh, this is the first time. You're gonna regret that <laughs> decision,
1: my friend. You are gonna regret that decision. But Brandon, how have you been holding up in uh, in
2: quarantine? I've been, you know been in a loop so to say um you know it's haven't had any work for the last four or five months Uh, work is just now starting to pick up um but you know i'm Healthy. My family's healthy.
0: That's good. I, I, so we were talking a little bit before we uh, before we started the show, uh, and uh, I, you were talking about you know just going back to work and going on sets and things like that. And I was really curious. Um, I, I know I've sidestepped production into the YouTube universe, but like I come from produ- production background as does Shahir. Um, how is production going? Um, like how is it functioning now with the increased restrictions and safety protocols? Like how is a shoot how Describe to me the differences of a shoot currently in our current climate. So, as we all know, shoots can be kind of crazy, and depending
2: on what shoot you're on, you might be wearing multiple hats. But basically, the biggest change is smaller crews. Um, you know, everyone's wearing masks. Everyone's trying to be safe. Um, but it's 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 tough because usually I'd have a whole crew of people assisting me. Uh, we'd have a sound person dedicated to doing sound. We'd have ACs dedicated to assisting with camera. We'd have lighting people. We'd have directors on set, producers, clients, all these people, production assistants. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's, that's not the world we're in right now. We're very limited. Um, you know, I was on a shoot yesterday, and uh, I would say in a shoot like that, I'd probably have a crew of at least... You know five to ten people roughly and then that's a small it's a small sure. shoot um on a, on a movie yeah. set you know you could get anywhere from 50 to 100 people depending on the scope but um it you know it was stressful
1: brandon's <laughs> such a diva by the way as well he has <laughs> a lot of people around him handing him beverages yes.
2: um yeah um but no it's it, it was good it was i was happy to be working um it you know it's a little scary because you know you're like you don't you know you want to be careful Um, and you also, now you're doing the job of three other people. So you have all these, uh, balls in the air essentially, and you don't want to let any of them drop. Um, so it's a little nerve wracking. Uh, usually I don't have to ever worry about sound. I have a sound, uh, mixer on set and, you know, so now I'm, I'm trying to make sure all the audio sounds good and the lighting is changing, but I'm focusing on audio. So it's, it's a little stressful, but overall, you know, I'm just, I think baby steps and hopefully we'll get back there.
1: Yeah. And uh, Brandon, before we went into quarantine, you actually wrapped production on a short film that you are hopefully releasing sometime soon. I've watched various cuts of it. Can you tell us a little bit about
2: uh, your short? Yeah, so my film is called Welcome to Paradise. It was a short story written by Deborah Willis in a book called uh, Dark and Other Love Stories. And I read the short story and I was like, I would love to make this into a short film. It just, it's about two friends, their last summer together, Um, and it was just, I feel like it just kind of felt like a story I had experienced as a kid. And I was like, I really want to bring this to life. And it's this beautiful story of these two friends and it's, it's sort of, you know, a coming of age and like end of summer type film. And I don't want to give too much away because hopefully maybe you guys will see the trailer that I just posted on Vimeo. Oh nice. I think we could put a tr- we could put a link to that in our yeah. uh, show notes yeah. for this episode. So
0: We absolutely can. Uh,
1: so hopefully everyone will see that. That'd be great. And you know, do you think, you know, like what <laughs> the thing about the movie, the Welcome to Paradise as well is that it's shot in like this sort of beautiful summer in Montclair. New Jersey, and it was a time when you the the, the memory, when I watch your film now, the memories of like a time when we didn't care about washing our hands when we could hug people, breathing on each I, other. I, I literally yeah, <laughs> that had seems
2: this, like so long ago. I literally have had this surreal moment where I'm watching films and people will be sitting at a restaurant, and I'm just like, man, I I took that for granted. That's not that doesn't exist in our world today. It's so so bizarre yeah. to be watching these movies. Um, but yeah, I mean, it that summer we filmed it almost. You know, I think we filmed it in September. Um, you know, it's almost September now, and it's like it's a completely different different world we're living in. You know, it's just everyone's in their homes; no one's really going out. It's uh, it's a little depressing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I miss
0: restaurants, man. I'm not gonna lie. I, uh, th- you know, we even before this podcast, uh, Jamie and I were out. Uh, we were trying to go see some friends, and there's what? What literally can you do? Go to the park. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. what you can do safely and socially distance in in Queens right now is go to the park. Everywhere else, not so much. Um, Yeah. So it's tough. But, you know, I've been finding um, a a weird amount. I think, uh, um, Brandon, to your point, like I've been finding a weird amount of solace in watching films where people have basic human interaction. (laughs) Yeah. It's Um, been nice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of complex stuff in the film we're going to talk about, Palm Springs, but also uh, just some sort of basic, like a wedding. A wedding seems so exotic.
1: Yeah, just shaking hands.
0: Yeah, so it's good. It's good to have films that are representative of of the before times. Well, now we are living in the aftertimes
1: and I want to just catch up with a little bit of housekeeping. Please email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. A couple of little things that have happened this week uh, on Twitter, for example, is the fact that Tenant has now... Pushed its release date once again, but also shifted to an international release primarily.
0: <laughs> it's like we're the Tenant Report now.
1: <laughs> What's that? <laughs> this just is. Where is Tenant right now? Tenant decided another dumb thing. Well, everyone, everything follows suit. When Tenant changes its release dates, Wonder Woman changes its release dates, Mulan changes yep. its release dates. So everything changes uh, based on what Tenant is doing. Uh, Tenant has now. Um, Uh, this is unusual, which is going to, it's going to open internationally with a, hopefully uh, a release in August in the United States. Uh, but we're not too sure about how that release is going to work or if it's going to work at all. Um, but one of the things we're seeing is that international audiences are going to be able to see the movie first, which is very unusual for the, for the, for a US based film. Um, you know, t- typically the 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 way a film performs in the U.S. market dictates how it gets distributed internationally. This is going to be the reverse of that. Um, the second thing that has happened in the last week is that AMC and Universal have decided to uh, make some sort of amends with each other. Uh, if you recall, a while back there was uh, some uh, conflict over the fact that Trolls World Tour was released on VOD, um, and now uh, AMC and Universal have agreed to shorten the theatrical window uh, to seventeen. 17- Days mm. down from 75 to 90 days, uh, which was the traditional uh, pushed for VOD after release in theatrical. So the uh, the way we watch movies is going to certainly change, and uh, I guess uh, maybe the. The first pass of this is that we're going to be seeing Fast and the Furious at home a lot sooner than we probably
0: anticipated. How appropriate Uh, that we might be mentioning dinosaurs later in this discussion. hmm. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Actually, has that film actually shot at this point? I'm not even sure. No, sorry. I was just referencing the antiquated way that AMC has run their business. Oh, Uh, Oh, I was was talking about (laughs) Jurassic. uh, No, not Jurassic World Armageddon
1: or whatever it's called. But moving on, the thing I really wanted to get to, we've been holding off on this email for a couple of weeks now because we wanted to find the right time. Yes. Um, and then the other thing is we just we this this may not be the exact right time for this email. I feel like we could just do an episode for this email on its own. Indeed. Uh, but but now is the time, because we didn't want to hold on to it for too long. A few weeks ago, we did an episode on uh, Hamilton, uh, and foolishly, in the episode, I made a joke about, if anyone wanted to write us in about their thoughts on Hamilton, that they needed to do it in song form, or in lyric form, and then sing it and perform it. And I was just kidding. But listener Jacob took me very seriously about it, and I actually am very delighted uh, that he did. So I'm just going to read out the email and then play um, the performance, because I... I, And I don't want to say too much about it, because I, I hope you guys will feel the same way about it that I do when I heard it. And we got permission. And we got... I don't know about that. We did. We did. We asked him. (laughs) This is from Jacob. Well, I was very inspired by Hamilton and then very inspired by your podcast about Hamilton. Thanks so much for the lovely discussion with such lovely guests. And rather than sending my usual story with a ridiculous amount of appositives and parentheticals, I took Shahir up on his challenge. Wishing you all the best, Jacob.
3: Saw Hamilton felt like a heart attack. Went to the ER, got myself looked at. Doc told me to take these pills for what was heartburn. But I don't want to put out the flames for what my heart yearns. Rewind the moment my heart was set aflame. Angelica made a choice, the selfless choice to play the game. By the rules, she knew her fan would prosper if she'd abide. Reach for my popcorn, but the salt was in my eyes.
1: We don't make sense. Make our world make more sense. We, we, we don't make sense. And this is like this
2: whole, whole opportunity to like...
3: We don't make sense, and we're all covered in COVID. The theaters are closed, and our future looks distorted. We don't make sense, and we're all covered in COVID. But Hamilton, heart Heart attack, attack. Hamilton, heart Heart attack. attack, gave me something to put my hope in. I believe that art can change the world. But I'm not sure that I think that I think that mine can. I know that I've been changed by art my heart doesn't beat the same cuz art and I worry that this flurry of things that I know affected me will stop affecting me I'm afraid to rewatch just about everything everything we don't make sense and we're all covered fire, in COVID. Little woman, ice, Roma, parasite arrival. The theaters are closed and our future looks destroyed. They call me by your name, your name, butterfly girl. We don't really make sense and we all covered calls, in COVID. 20th century woman, line, nocturnal animals. But an art cathartic heart attack, an art cathartic heart, heart attack. attack, gives me a reason to keep on going. I believe that art can save the world.
1: We don't make sense. And this is like this whole opportunity to like integrate ourselves and make our world make more sense with whatever little art voice you have to create. Please keep doing the thing that you're doing and create because it can change the world.
0: Jacob, you absolute heckin' mad lad, my friend. Holy shit. That was amazing. That That's nuts. Uh, that's nuts. it's amazing i I'm I'm like
1: i'm 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 genuinely moved by that what you sent in. There's so many parts about it that I think we could discuss, you know like um i was I was kind of saddened by the way you said, I don't think my art could change you know like I, I think art can change the world, but I don't think mine can. I was like genuinely sad because but I think, the flicks that you're doing there is like giving us something that's so beautiful that i think it will change the, well, it could change the world um i love that you took quotes from tessa i it just i'm i'm i said this in an email i'm absolutely flabbergasted by uh, by that what you sent in jacob
0: yeah and 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 the interesting part about that cuz that part sort of hits me too uh it's not about weirdly enough uh, what what we do on this podcast, the, the beautiful thing you've created what a lot of I think people that listen to the show or or that are just are sort of the people that just make stuff because they want to make stuff and I think both Shahir and, and, and Brandon can can speak to this as well. We're, the stuff that we make like that's not going to change the world, right but on its own. But the way that it interacts and sort of echoes off other creatives and other people doing things will always sort of do that. So like the 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 echo chamber that like this piece has created, even even just like talking about it more, like the discussion that you have spawned about being creative and making art that we are having sort of right now might also inspire some other artist listening to this show and so on and so on and so on like there there's a really sort of beautiful way that all of this can do that so uh yeah i was blown away as well thank you for sending that
2: and just like i think art is keeping people sane in a time like this what is what are people doing they're watching movies they're watching television they're listening to music like you know art is important i think that this kind of brings attention to that like it, it 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 could change the world in a small way um but i thought it was beautiful it was sounded amazing like the recording production yeah. value alone was phenomenal but it was, just, it was yeah i was getting into it i didn't want to end so for the next email in
1: uh you've got to do what what should we do what should we sit now now that we've sit the bar oh, oh man i it's i think bar. uh I,
0: I, let's let's keep it simple and it has to be a haiku like, whatever yeah, I was say haiku. whatever you want to talk about, say, Palm Springs, the Palm Springs emails have to be in haiku. Yeah. I, I think that's, I, honestly, that's more doable, <laughs> but, but I think I'm, we'll have to think of new challenges every week. Um, thank you, Jacob. Thank you very much. Um, jumping through here, we have an email from Mark, also uh, in conjunction with the Hamilton episode, uh, I will say. Uh, and I wanted to play Jacobs first, of course, because Jacob followed the rules. Mark, great email coming up. You didn't follow the rules. Uh, there was there was a rule, and that was to sing your, your, what you wanted to talk <laughs> about. But no, no, no. Uh, okay, so. <clears throat> Uh, Mark's writing in on um, was the film Hamilton eligible to be nominated for an Oscar and Mark says I spent a lot of time in college watching musical adaptations on film and filmed performances such is the life of a theater major and what I've found over the years is that when it comes to Broadway performances on film or film adaptations is that historically if it's a filmed performance of a play that doesn't have a screenplay it won't get Oscar recognitions or commonly won't get recognition at all example one of my favorite Spike Lee films is Passing Strange which is a filming of the play, passing strange. But when I hear movie people talk about Spike Lee, no one knows about it. So while I respect that the filming of Hamilton might be one of the best film performances of live theater, it doesn't fit into the Oscars world because of its nature. Regardless, best of luck in these trying times. And I did have a question: what is the most uh watchable film of the past decade for us? Thank you, Mark. Um, I guess it's a twofer here. Um, I mean, that's a that's a good way to put it. I definitely from a from a musical theater. Uh, point of view. And I, I 100% agree that that has been historically um, how the Oscars have treated such things and how almost f- f- cinephiles, movie going people have sort of treated those sort of things. Um, the interesting thing about Hamilton, though, is it's Hamilton that And the amount like, look, if Disney is going to let people say shit on their platform, I think the Oscars have no chance. Like, I I feel like I feel like it's too much of a juggernaut. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, it's too much of a juggernaut in a year that didn't have a lot of things that could go in its place and or generate excitement or buzz for the the program itself. Uh, What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think to Brandon's point earlier is that the world is not the same as it was before. So uh, something like Hamilton comes out and creates a cultural conversation by being on our screens. Um, uh, I think uh, Mark's point about whether it has a screenplay is a really, really good uh, objective way to kind of define that. And, and you know, talking about it, Passing Strange and Spike Lee, for example, is a really good way of looking at that as well. Um, yeah, you know, like I, I think back, you know, to, to I, I think what I said about it then is that... Um, I'm happy with either argument at this point. You know, like, if, you're, if your argument is that uh, you don't think Hamilton is a film, uh, I'm fine with that. And if you do think Hamilton is a film, I'm also fine with that.
2: Uh, I don't know. Uh, Brandon, have you seen Hamilton? The um, I have not seen Hamilton. I shit. I really wanted to see it in person. Um, and, but you should hear have said, like, I, it's such a great job filming it that I should check it out. I, I was holding I was like, I feel like, is this something that You can get the same experience at home as you would in uh, a theater. I don't know.
1: I actually, I personally, you know, again, um, think it's a better experience in the theater. Um, but uh, but that's just me personally, and I am i don't like people, so there you go. <laughs> take that with what you want. <laughs> uh, to Mark's second question, what is the most watchable film uh, that you can recall off the top of your head uh, that you liked in the last decade?
0: Watchable's an interesting qu- ask. Like, I, for whatever reason, I read that as sort of, like, rewatchable. I know that's not what he wrote. Um, yeah, I, I take it as rewatchable if you want. Movies that you're, like, happy
1: to, like, throw on from
0: the last I mean, decade. Uh Scott Pilgrim. Uh Mad Max. Scott Pilgrim's
1: not this last
0: decade though. Is it, is it? not Scott anymore? Pilgrim's Am I that
1: old? I let me let me double check. Let me go it back to the here. It did just have its ten
0: year, didn't it? It might have been
1: 2009. two thousand nine. No, two thousand ten. So it just falls in.
0: Yes. You got it. You got it, baby. Scott Pilgrim, that's mine. I'm double downing now because I was right. What about you guys? So yeah, for me, um it, it may not be
2: the best film, but uh it's just like a, I when I watch it, it just brings back a lot of memories. Um it's forgetting Sarah Marshall. Ooh, is that in the decade though? Hold on, hold on. I'm To be the fact
1: fact checking all of us, forgetting Sarah Marshall is 2008. Ah. Oh no, disqualified.
2: Um, disqualified. This is a tricky question. I I take it though, I I do like forgetting Sarah Marshall, I think it's a lot of fun. I'm gonna cheat then, yeah. I'm gonna say because he didn't sing, right? Uh, he was supposed to sing, that's
0: true. Mark didn't sing, so you don't have to pay attention to his rules. Throw
2: that back in his face. (laughs) I'm gonna say forgetting Sarah Marshall just because I'm (laughs) terrible at like coming up with a favorite movie or. It's so hard to pinpoint a movie, but I recently watched it. Yeah, of course. No, it's not. It lifted my moods. I I was, you know, it was just great. Like, it brought back memories of us going to Hawaii. Like, Oh, yeah. It just made me happy. Uh, mine is a, a little bit of an odd one, but um, uh, the movie I, I love
1: procedurals, so I love movies that are just dense with information. And I, uh, for, for me, rewatchability has to do with like just being able to go into something that's just full of information and find something new every time. So, Matt, you're gonna you're gonna detest this answer, but my rewatchable for the you know what it is, right? I'm pretty sure. What could you... Is it the? Can you is it it the OJ is?
0: documentary?
1: <laughs> oh God! Uh, no! I should have thought of that. I would actually. I would put that. It, what? That's not the first one that came to oh, mind. I know what it is. The one that came to mind was Spotlight.
0: Spotlight. Okay.
1: And I have rewatched Spotlight uh, quite a few times because I just think it's so rich with information. And I and I love watching procedurals unfold and like seeing people put things together. Yeah. So I, I I'm all about okay. it. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs>
1: but I think a. An imminently watchable film is the movie we're going to be talking about tonight. Yes. Yes! Which is Max Barberkos and Andy Sierra's re- screenplay of Palm Springs, a movie starring one Andy Sandberg and Kristen Miliotti, and uh, J.K. Simmons. Uh, Matt, can you tell us what the IMDb description description (laughs) is? Yeah, I I love descriptions. I'm going to tell you what
0: the description is. Uh, (laughs) when When carefree Niles and reluctant maid of honor Sarah have a chance encounter at a Palm Springs wedding, things get complicated as they're unable to escape the venue themselves and each other. (laughs) have you guys been to a wedding in palm springs one second before we get into this perfect imdb description perfect Hmm. perfect best one in 281 or whatever episodes we're at right now it's absolutely correct spoiler free and clever in the way that it's both correct and spoiler free. That's true. I just, it's it's the perfect IMDb. I, now, if, if IMDb descriptions had an award show, the IMDb's, <laughs> if you will, uh, I, I would IMDb's? definitely nominate this for best film description and it would win for 2020 so far. <laughs> So whoever does PR for Palm Springs uh, deserves an award. Yes, 100%. For that, honestly, and the poster with them in the Infinite Lazy River. Oh. Um, because yeah, that's that's, that's my dream, is an infinitely? I am a sucker. If there's one thing people should know about me, if there's a lazy river anywhere, I will sit in it for a day and a half. It is the best possible leisure activity. No one come at me. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, first off, have you guys been to a wedding in Palm Springs? Is that
2: a f- no. Is that like a popular place to go to for weddings? I I, I figured it was because I've oh, been no. to one there.
1: Oh, that, really? Uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. As far as I understand, for for uh, Los Angelinos, it is a destination, you know, because it's not too far from the city. You basically get a large venue. It's outdoor. You get a pool, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it's a fun place to go for for. Um, uh, you know, a wedding. I think uh, even uh, the show Dave, if it's uh, you know about uh, Little Dicky, oh, uh, was that an um, episode? That was a- they had a they had a Palm Springs wedding as well. Episode. You know? So I think it's a it is a thing as far as I can tell. And I've definitely done a Palm Springs uh, wedding. And I, the one thing I'd say about Palm Springs is it's delightful. Um, mm-hmm. it's lovely. Uh, it's sort of like the Florida of the West Coast. Um, and the house that we rented for the wedding had a bathroom that was bigger than my apartment which was really strange like you know the toilet was on one side and the shower was all the way on the other side and it was like this huge sprawling room for a bathroom that's my recollection of palm springs witty okay uh, is the bathroom for some reason how um, many shower heads did it have uh, it, w- it was definitely one of those, uh, what are those, the, the actual sort of like shower. Oh, the rainfall, rainfall shower, shower. That's baller status.
2: Delios you know. That's fancy.
1: Well, with, a, with coverage that wide, you kind of need, you know, something with a lot of spray. <laughs> you could shoot your own Lady Gaga <laughs>
0: music video in there is what you're telling me. Uh, probably, yeah. And,
1: it would, and you'd get three locations out of this bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Brandon, you told us you, you had to be on the show. Tell us why. This
2: movie freaked me out a little bit when I was like watching it. It just I was like, this movie coming out now at this point in my life, I feel like I've been in a loop for the last four months. I've been out of work, been doing a lot of drinking, been pretty depressed. Um, I just I was instantly like, this movie is. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people could relate to this. This is you know so poignant. You know, I don't know. I just I, I and I and I love. It, it was hilarious. It was heartfelt. It just, I absolutely, I'm, you know, spoiler alert, of my opinion of the movie. I loved it.
1: <laughs> if forgetting Sarah Marshall is your, is your reference point uh, for rewatchables, then I think this is. I've seen uh, it
2: twice already. This oh, is so right on point. I'll change my yeah. answer because I've seen it twice already and I, I wanted to see it again before. The, yeah. So I wanted to is see it again, um, but I, I didn't have a chance today uh, to see it, but I, I will definitely be watching it again. I've been telling everyone all my friends to watch it.
0: <laughs> it has a real rewatchability to it, not only thematically, but just because it's a delight to do it. I have not I've only seen it once, but um it's such a good time and it felt quite meaningful specifically beyond a normal rom commy um sort of way. Absolutely. Um it 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 played with a lot of things that I really like. Uh I'm a sucker for um, sort of, um, I won't even say fish out of water per se, but like the outcast at a wedding trope. I always just sort of like that. That's just a nice thing because I felt that way at weddings before. Uh, I also am a sucker for uh, light sci-fi themes. And this one goes there. I actually didn't know that there was going to be a sci-fi theme to this film before watching it. I'd watched nothing about it. I heard it was weird and I knew it was a Lonely Island production. So I figured I was like, oh, like it's going to be weird, like Popstars weird. Like that's kind of what I was going in with. And I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, I loved all of the actors in it. I mean, everybody was just like uh, on fire, like 10 out of 10s. Um, the, the fact that I get to see, uh, the mom from how I met your mother again, uh, <laughs> Kristen Malati, I think
2: uh, it's actually in my notes, in my notes it was like, she was underutilized in how I met your mother, uh, because she was just so great in this. And I was like, they really dropped the ball on not using her more. Cause she was just amazing. A hundred percent.
0: And, uh, you know, the level of, um, of, of detail that they put into this thing especially if you're look if you're going to try to do something uh and now we're getting into light spoilers i guess that is groundhog day-esque you better put your money where your fucking script is and they really 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 did in my opinion um this is uh, uh you know uh a a contender against groundhog day for this sort of thing also you know live die repeat or the edge of tomorrow whatever you want to call it um this plays with both the methods of those uh, of that madness but also with a heart and a sort of a um uh more of a philosophy behind it and just the right amount of science kind of or like hand waving of science that i really enjoyed so that was that was where i came from it Shahir?
1: Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, the film has been on the radar for a little bit. It's interesting that it got released in the same week that Netflix's The Old Guard came out, which is a $70 million film. Uh, and this was, uh, interestingly, a film that uh, was made for $5 million and sold at Sundance for the highest grossing sale uh, in Sundance history of 17500000 And 69 cents, uh, just to top out the previous sale. uh, (laughs) Nice. Uh, uh, Which I actually don't recall what that sale was. Um, So uh, when COVID hit, uh, this film became um, a Hulu release uh, immediately, uh, which I think has been to our great benefit, because as Brandon said, this is a movie that is of the moment because it does speak to that sense of uh, feeling trapped within uh, a circumstance and in a way uh, being playful with it in the way that I think... Probably uh, we saw at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, like where every uh, every branded um, spot, uh, every branded company commercial was basically about how we're all learning to innovate in times of the pandemic. and And I think this is a film that kind of, without intending to, really speaks to that attitude, which is like, how do we have fun with the limitations that we have right now? And that's why I think... Perhaps the film is also, you know, deeply resonating. Um, I think this is, um, you know, as I said, timely. It's it plays into the sort of goofiness of uh, the Lonely Island guys that I kind of love, which is that I think that what's what's great about the comedy here is it's very specific. You know, the type of comedy that they do is specific in that the jokes feel like they come from a singular person or, uh, you know, a a very sort of specific kind of sense of humor, you know, like, uh, you know, tattooing dicks on each other uh, and sort of laughing about have you got the jizz right is a really specific kind of humor. And and I think this film really perfectly encapsulates what how enjoyable it is to 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 watch that kind of comedy and you know like the lonely island guys uh have done uh, hot rod uh and pop star which are two movies again that i think that have that really specific sensibility which is what makes them fun to watch um you know you feel like you're being invited to a specific club um so I really enjoy that about it. I think, I think um, like uh, you know, like you mentioned, Edge uh, of Tomorrow, uh, Groundhog Day. I think even Russian Dolls kind of yep. played with, well, specifically played with the uh, the uh, the time loop situation and uh, Happy Death Day, um, which we've reviewed on this podcast as well. Um, I think you know what's been interesting about all of those films and you know whatever the idea, the central thesis of every time loop film has been. At what point can you be willing to self-sacrifice in order for the greater good? And I think you know this is a film that plays into that, you know it it basically understands that that is the conceit of uh, of a time loop movie uh, and has fun with it you know like that is that the characters seem to know that right away that, that 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 is what they should try and then fail at doing so and realize that there's something else that they need to think about and and I think the the sort of, knowing self-referential comedy at play here is really is really wonderful. Um, which is all, suffice to say, I did really enjoy this movie. I really enjoyed... Wa- it is effortlessly watchable.
2: I was going to ask you that. I was going to say to your point, like when you say you want to the rewatchability there's things that you see the second time around. Like there's stuff that I caught the second time around that I didn't catch the first time around. Do you think, have you seen it once or twice or? I've seen it once so
1: far. I could see myself seeing it again, uh, without a doubt. I think, I think the other thing is, is it's also a perfectly calibrated comedy, which is that it it's one hour, 29 minutes, never overstays its welcome. is fully inventive within that one hour, Can 29 you- minutes. Doesn't, you know, like despite being, you know, Ostensibly a movie about repetition, um, it seems to find innovation in every repetition, so that nothing feels repetitive. And I think that's a you know that's a testament to Max Barbaresco and the, and the script as well. Um, and then it's it's kind of anchored with this you know lovely leading man and leading lady performance that is you know the hallmark of what makes a great rom com. Um, I will say it I has think such
2: good chemistry. Yeah,
1: such great chemistry. You know these two just really play off each other well. I think. Um, Philosophically, where the movie lands in terms of like what is the the ultimate purpose of of uh, of how to unravel a time loop? I think is you know it's 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 more rom com than it is um, self sacrifice or anything like that, and it's a little light, but but not in a not in a. I don't mean to say that in a pejorative way. I think it's actually again
0: perfectly calibrated. On that note, that the problems that I've always had with a lot of time loop movies. Uh, is and, and and I love Groundhog Day. I love me some Groundhog Day. But the idea that it's about like, uh, you know, b- being a, a better person or falling in love or like you know whatever like sort of like this ethereal like like higher value sort of things always kind of throws me. So I loved that this movie like knew about that selflessness, whatever, that's how you got to do it, make your life and that doesn't work. And again, we'll get into spoilers, sort of, at this point a little bit. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's literally just pseudoscience that saves them. Like the, the, the one of the characters does the smart thing to do and spends their eternity learning about uh, multiverse theory and figuring out uh, again in the in the science of this world a way to escape. Like, and, and there's and and that's that I loved because it is separate uh uh cause and effect wise i should say from their reconciliation and what they believe and all of that stuff but thematically throughout the film it still is anchored together like the plot doesn't require that they fall in love to get away or like be better people to get away but there's still an overall sort of like flow of the film that all of like both the way they get away and the reconciliation that they happen at the end like all work very well together
2: I can't think of another film like that, like this, that's, that's, it's usually, like you said, they have to do something that, you know, takes them to a higher level and they do the right thing and then they get out of the loop. So I can't think of another film that's actually had like a, no, we have to do this science
0: <laughs> experiment. Yeah. Oh, you just have to learn a bunch? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was such a refreshing, and again, Sheer, I don't disagree with your take of it being like that sort of light, Right. Like as far as as far as like a deep philosophical thing. But I think what what is more I think the philosophy that it espouses, or, or sort of like that it sort of deals with throughout and that the characters discuss being if you know, if you're a nihilist or, or whatever um, or, or pragmatic, you know, however you want to put it. I love that we can still talk about those things, but none of those things are what matter for actually rescuing the characters from the from the place they're in. Like, it's just how you deal with it. It's not
2: forwarding the plot. It's it's enriching the characters and their relationship. It's not pushing the plot forward, totally. Yeah, so
0: I, I, I really love that.
1: Uh, you know, I think the line that kind of really echoes that to me the best is when uh, Niles jumps up and says, I am the Antichrist right before he knows an earthquake is about to happen. And then he says, just kidding, there is no God. <laughs> I think that's like a very 2020 approach to that question of like, We've thrown you into a time loop. You know, the, 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 the 1990s answer to this question is that there must be a greater purpose, and that is Groundhog Day. Yeah. The, the 2020 response to this is... Is let's just make do with what we have here. And like, let's just see what we can make happen out of what, what we got. And there is no God. And I think, I think that's, that that's what makes this movie so perfectly of the now is that, is that it has a real clear understanding of what the philosophy is. And like, to me, that's no better exemplified in the chocolate bar conversation. Yeah. Do you guys recall the, yep. the, the chocolate bar conversation? Yeah. Was a, it was a Kit Kat. Spend know, all your money one day. Whatever it was. Niles is basically saying what I care about, what I, I don't care about the wrapping. I don't care about where this chocolate bar came from. What I care about is the immediacy of the moment, you know. So that is the the sort of hedonism or nihilism that Niles, uh, you know, is engaging with, which I think is really clever. Oh, huh. um, and then you know, uh, whereas whereas um, you know, Sarah is kind of talking more about um, the 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 sort of the the context around the the chocolate bar you know like I need to know how this got here and I need to know what the the sort of ethical boundaries of how this chocolate bar got to me and that's what matters and I think you know like the movie then plays out that that dialectic really beautifully it's just it's it's this person who has Decided that you know the immediacy of the moment is what he cares about because he has lived this for so long, and there is this new person who said no. What's important is finding out the context with which we got here, and the context for her is really important because there's a you know there's a plot reveal later in the movie, um, which is which which gives us the understanding of like why she can't live in this day yeah. forever and ever because she basically, unlike Niles who lives in this day in a sort of Just another day for him. Uh, uh, a sort of. Well, it's an understandable, you know, hole of misery that he's in. She's living it in sort of one of the most devastating betrayals that a person could possibly have. Every day. And yeah, every day she wakes up with that.
2: Did you guys see did you guys
1: see
0: that coming or was that No. No, I didn't I definitely didn't see it coming. And I something I really liked, um, was the the way this movie distributed information in the hour and a half that it existed playing for me. Like, I thought mm. every 15 to 20 minutes there was another odd revelation that... Granted, was it the most hyper clever thing I'd ever seen or the most like adept sort of hand uh, trickery of light and shadow to make me look away and like whatever? No. But was the what was what I was watching right before one of those moments, like when you realize that she uh, is waking up in the bed of her sister who she's at her wedding's fiance for that day and. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, I was so enthralled with what was happening beforehand that every time it did one of those additional yeah. uh, knowledge moments, it was like a gut punch. And you're always like, you're just like, ah! like, and, <laughs> and, and they happened at a very nice interval, because it let you enjoy stuff and then pull you the rug out from under you. But then there'd be like nine pillows under you, and then they'd pull all those pillows, and then it'd be a sea of teddy bears. Like, it, it kind of just kept doing this fun ride.
2: So the second time around, I noticed things, and like, when she's waking up, you hear like the, there's there's um the shower is on and i didn't yep. notice that the first time around. i'm like oh man that was really brilliant and like she literally has this groundbreaking revelation to her sister It's like oh i know what i need to do to get out of it she whispers something into her ear i like completely had forgotten about that cuz like you said matt i was so enthralled in what was happening in the moment they they kept going to the edge of your seat and uh i i watched that scene again and i watched their eyeline line and they don't show her ever look over to her fiance um and i was like they they did it they put it right in front of you but like you said all the trickery that they had that it was just you were so captivated by what was happening that you it was right in front of your face but you didn't expect it
1: well i think i think like um what i like about this type of film is this is a film where uh if you unravel the script in any direction the whole thing falls apart but because it's it's because it's sort of like sewn together so perfectly, it's kind of like this perfect shape in front of you. Like every every detail has a payoff in this film. Uh, you know, like uh, Niles, a sense of smell right at the beginning yeah. of the film where he says, I, I could smell you, you know, Roy. It becomes a it becomes a character payoff at the end when he smells the pill. Yeah. You know, like it's just every moment has like it's it's is is perfectly set up. Uh, to pay off at some point um maybe the only one is not the as I wish the goat had came back had come back at the end of the film but regardless Oh, the, um, oh, the goat was free <laughs> we don't know where that goat was but I yeah. like one of the like to me a, a touch a, a detail that I really loved that I felt like the film didn't explain that was wonderful was the dinosaurs yeah like I I just love that detail so much because the film didn't want to explain it um and and i just kind of love that that was like this weird moment that like opened up cosmically where is this you know like this idea for, i mean look, you know i'd be curious to hear how you
0: guys interpreted that uh for me personally well actually no go ahead first i i basically posit the dinosaurs um uh brachiosaurus to be specific um as uh, the sort of uh, moments of bonding between Niles and Sarah. So the first time that they see dinosaurs on the horizon, um, they are high as fuck on shrooms. (laughs) Uh, And that makes sense. And then at the end of the film, you see the camera pan up to where they were, and they are the dinosaurs walking away. And I just sort of took that as sort of like the the like the commitment of them being now on the same journey together, even though they're not stuck in this thing. I didn't take it as anything sort of more cosmically relevant than that. Um, and, and, and the weird and this is, again, my brain is dumb, but like the first time I saw them, it was a real oh shit moment. And I was like, "That's so cool! That's so cool!" And then, I, and then when I saw them at the end, I liked it, and it was a nice tie through. But I realized, at least in in the logic that my brain was saying, the type of dinosaur they chose, Brachiosaurus, uh, I think it, it makes it, it would never be in the desert. Like the way that they ate, and the way that like the like their necks are huge to reach tall leafy trees. So I never thought like, oh, like this is a time sort of tie in, and like whatever the heck. I was just like, oh no, these have to be representative or figments or 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 or, or, or totems or you know, um, uh, uh, stuff something like that instead of like an actual like oh like the multiverse and now there's dinosaurs. You know, so again, it doesn't take anything away from them. Uh, I just think that they are more a representation of weirdly like experiencing life together for Niles and Sarah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a fair interpretation. For me, like, I kind of just saw it as like the time loop of, you know, like they might be seeing other versions of the time loop happening and that there are other infinite multiverses happening. and But not, I, I don't want to take it literally. I just think it's just like this beautiful idea that there are there are these two wandering souls that have found each other, and that's what those dinosaurs were to me. And it was, you know, it's it's it's, it's lovely. Um, uh, Brandon, there's another thing about this movie, which is that it's... Wait, he didn't say his dinosaur it's, it's, it's thing. Kind of si-
2: he got off the hook. It's similar to yours, Matt, where it's like they they, you know, they initially see it as a trip. I don't, like, I don't... My interpretation of the last time they see them is more for the audience just to be like because i i kind of forgetting now what my memory of that scene is that's like the closest they got at that point that was like that was like the most Mm -hmm. that was like the arc kind of i think of like their that's where their relationship went from being a friendship to being something more i think it's like they they're gonna i think they were gonna have sex for the first time Yes. Well, <laughs> first time, quote, so unquote. I think like it's sort of like a metaphor for like that was going to be the first time they had sex. Like this is now like the first time that they're like the, we just saw that like they're out of the loop. Like that's officially like, oh, there's actually other people were actually officially out of the loop. So it was just kind of like a reminder. I mean, like, OK, this is, you know, the first time that they're we, they know for sure they're out of the loop. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Brandon, there is another part about this, which is that I, I wondered if this was the reason why you called us as well, which is that this film has a pretty interesting look that feels very much like Instagram. Um, and it feels very much like Instagram and and oddly uh, commercials of today. You know, like this, is, this has this sort of like highly polished, uh, very trendy beautifully- wedding um yeah you know there's there's something about you know uh, pizza pool floats that feels very much like an instagram uh video to me but but you know elevated into sort of a cinematic language as well i wondered what you thought about the look of this film
2: i'll i'll be honest i I think it's a beautiful film there's there's it's it's shot beautifully the production design the art direction is all beautiful there was really it it didn't distract you know there's i think this has been probably said a million times by cinematographers, but if you've done something right, people will, won't notice you've done anything at all. And like this cinematography didn't feel too showy to me. It felt in line with the times of just like he said, like social media and Instagram. And like, it, it just felt, um, I, I, I honestly, there's nothing that took out too much to me. I, I was more, it was one of the few times that I, that I appreciated where I could just shut my cinematographer brain off and be like, I'm just watching the movie for the movie. And so I, while I you know, wish I could shoot something as beautiful as they did, I, I wasn't, that's not what I was uh, attracted to. But I'd be curious, how, did you guys feel any which way towards it? Because I usually feel like every time I'm watching a movie, I'm like, oh, the lighting, where's that
0: coming from? Source, how they do that. Um, I mean, I think, I think. Shaheer's sort of call-out, too, of Instagram, the, the Instagramness of it all is super accurate. Uh, it felt like... It, this is an odd thing to say, and I don't know if I'd, uh, I'd say this in a positive light about another film, but I, I 100% mean it here. It felt like scrolling. It felt like scrolling through your feed, and I was about to say doom-scrolling, but it's not because uh-huh. it was highly enjoyable. Boomerang. Um, but like boomerang. But it 100% just had that feeling of like... Because, okay, let's let's get real about Instagram for a second, all right? Yes, I love catching up. I actually like stories better than I like Instagram feeds so at this I. point. <laughs> um, but uh, there's really probably only like 15 different kinds of Instagram photos that people do. Uh, and after a while, it starts to feel quite samey. Weirdly enough, even though I, you know, the and maybe that's that's a that's a commentary on the people I follow. But I I follow a fairly uh, eclectic group of folks, and I still find myself getting bored with an Instagram. Well, the thing about the thing about to your point, Matt, is like the Instagram feed isn't
2: real life. The Instagram feed is look at how awesome my life is. Look at me at this beautiful location. Look how great this is. where the story is more about like i don't care because it's going to disappear in in you know 24 hours so it's it's more raw i guess but yeah share i think that you know i didn't really think about that but maybe there is some sort of uh concept be- behind the idea of like what we're watching isn't real life um and and maybe there's some sort of parallels there with instagram and, and... or an
0: instagram story that goes away in 24 hours <laughs> mm. I, I think my point oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, yeah i
1: think i think <laughs> My point was that um, in terms of the Instagram story thing or Instagram is that they, you know, like it's pretty people lit well. And, and I think there's something about shooting in Palm Springs that lends itself to that. You know, like it's just something sure, about sure. Like, but
2: the, I, <laughs> I, the, the lighting didn't look overly lit to me, though, it looked pretty natural. So I, I would say it's a real Valencia.
1: But what I mean is I think Palm Springs being an open desert kind of just gives you that like exposure to light things well.
2: Um, it, it depends, you know, if if you still need a lot of lighting to diffuse that, you know, you still need a lot of grip gear to diffuse that lighting. Um, and I don't know, I, I, the, it's tough to say, I don't know. Um, but also, you know, like this is shot anamorphically
1: as well, which I think like, Broadens the frame quite a bit, you know, gives it that nice sort of contour
2: across the edges Was it actually shot on anamorphic lenses or was it because uh, I didn't notice any like what anamorphic like artifacts like warping or I, I thought I noticed warping towards the edge of the
1: frame and I uh, and I'm uh, I'll google it now But I'm pretty sure it's a 235 uh, 239 film um, So it's the uh, the aspect ratio is 239 to 1 it could have just been sp- shot
2: spherically though and cropped
1: but. Could have been. I. I actually. I felt like I was noticing the fact that it felt like it was genuine anamorphic. Um, Shot on an iPhone 11. <laughs> but. But regardless, I think the thing is, is that is that every moment is perfectly calibrated in this film, and it and it it has that sort of key understanding of timing, um, like where every. You know, for example, when Roy and Niles are in Irvine, uh, shout out to Irvine, by the way, go Ant Eaters, which is where I went to college, Um, the, uh, you know, the fact that the son is hosing shit, and that the daughter is on her unicorn, and that the mother is, you know, up in the house watching, and they do like that perfectly timed cut. Um, to where she, like, lowers the blinds, you know, like, quickly snaps the blinds away. I think, like, yeah. this movie never relents on its willingness to have every moment perfectly calibrated and cut like that. Like, even in the bar, when they're talking to the older woman, the 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 grandmother who's probably the god of this all stuck in the time loop at some point, you know, like, she comes in, she says her piece and leaves very quickly. It's The movie just kind of relentlessly moves forward and has that perfect sense of pacing that I think... You know, the other thing to say about it is this movie never outstays its welcome. I think you know, like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little light in terms of the resolve. Is basically, you know, the 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 solution to like this existential question that these two people have is like, we are all alone and we can be alone together. You know, that's kind of like what this film is. Is like, I don't need you, but the world is better with you in it. Um, and and that's kind of where they land on this. Um and i think that's that's a you know it's it's nice uh it's a little light but it's but it works and the film being 1 minute 1 hour 29 kind of like perfectly lends itself for that being totally where i think this type of film should land and and totally effective in landing in that place as well so i You know, this movie kind of just perfectly calibrates that.
0: There's a balance, right? Like, if you want people that don't normally think about concepts that this movie posits to think about the concepts that this movie posits, you balance it on a knife's edge, like I think the cast and crew of this film did, with a bunch of of referential comedy about and tying in with those general Uh, you know philosophical themes i don't like we keep saying that it's sort of like light but i i think that's part of its genius is that it it's light by design and it knows how to weight and counterweight each of its sides again balancing on what i would consider a knife's edge like if it leans too hard one way or the other the the whole it will crumble and fall it never does um but uh i i think I'm always a fan of a movie that knows exactly what it is like, and it and it it doesn't have to answer every question it posits. It doesn't have to you know wrap everything up with a bow. But it if a film understands the 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 key reasons why its makers wanted it to exist, then it tends to be really um, feel very cohesive and very rewarding to experience. And even though this movie does play it fast and loose sometimes, and is short, and and doesn't like you know doesn't do a ton of like uh like high risk high reward maneuvers, it balances all of its things quite perfectly, and I think really make a, a beautiful experience. So I would say that about the cinematography is I think the cinematography feels balanced. It feels
2: natural. It doesn't feel too stylized like something like cut gems, but it also I don't feel like I'm watching an overly lit commercial. I feel like it it it's it's very natural. It feels almost like real like life. It doesn't, it doesn't seem too gritty or
0: too overly polished, if that makes sense. Uh, More like a Sierra or a Caldwell, would you say? <laughs> uh, perhaps. Uh, definitely not Inkwell. We don't go there. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I, those are Instagram filters.
2: I use Visco. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. Visco. <laughs> and I have no idea what the filters are. I just keep scrolling until it looks good. Um, I don't know. Like, sure, you, you <laughs> thought that the you thought you thought that the cinematography felt too polished and and everything was too calculated. No,
1: no, no. no. I don't think it, I don't I don't feel it was too polished. I think it's. I think what, what, my point is that I think it feels uh it feels within the world of where they are. Uh and I think I think it just I I think that um shooting in Palm Springs on, like, nice days kind of just lends itself to this, like, pleasant-to-look-at look. look. It just, it feels like a commercial to me, like a a really pleasant-looking commercial. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way. I think it's very sharp,
0: you know, like it's a good look. You know who's sharp and is a good look? (laughs) is J.K. Simmons. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, we Uh, we are not talking about him. He was... I I didn't know he was in the movie, <laughs> uh, and then when I saw his face painted when he's hunting Shipper <laughs> with the bow, yeah. I was just like, I am in Shipper, I am in so much. I thought like I was just oh okay, my god, so and I saw the trailer unfortunately, and they
2: ruined ow. that moment uh, where yeah. they're like, what did I'm curious, you guys didn't know what was happening. Like I was watching I because I I had told. Um, my my brother and uh sister-in-law to we we should watch it and the whole time i was just watching their reaction because i'm like i wish i could have experienced that um without it being ruined in the the trailer so i would say don't watch the trailer i mean if you've listened this long we've kind of pretty much spoiled the movie for you but
0: sure i mean yeah i mean everyone here is we're we're all in the know babe (laughs) but um yeah i i it was a it was out of nowhere and that's when I was like, "Oh, this is weird!" Like I was waiting for the weird to yeah. happen, and then I was like, "Oh, he's being hunted for sport or something." <laughs> and I was don't, like, come, don't, follow "Don't follow me!" Don't follow
1: me. For some reason, the this film is kind of stacked in the in the supporting roles with overperforming actors. You know, like J.K. Simmons is kind of a big hitter to come in this role. That's like kind of a small role, but he's such a he's such a presence
2: to bring in there. Um, and he's so good. He filmed a movie with Andy Samberg, uh, where he plays his dad. I think it's, and I love you, man. Doesn't he play his
1: dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I, that, I was wondering too, was like, how did they get, how did they land JK Simmons for this? But I think it's, I think they, maybe Samberg had a relationship with him. They friends.
1: And I think, and I think also, yeah, like, like uh, Samberg probably has enough cachet, you know, like where he's pulling a lot of people in. I think, I think it, Sandberg must be one of those, like, everyone likes him kind of guys in Hollywood. You know, like, everyone genuinely pretty much likes Andy Sandberg. You can be, like, a comedian, a musician, you know, a, a filmmaker. Everyone kind of likes the guy. And he's and he's good at all of those things.
2: He's very charming, yeah.
1: Yeah, very charming dude. Um, and I, you know, okay, so one thing I kind of wanted to do now is, like, let's step away from the movie for a second and just talk about our, what what were the things about the loop that each of us really responded to was it the kind of hedonism of doing things over and over again without consequence was it the was it the finding of this other person was it the the sort of like playfulness of like being able to like rehearse dance sequences for probably years on end until it's perfect what was the kind of things that like i think this movie i think this movie and you know time loop movies in in general you know, like directly tap into sort of personal fantasies of a lot of people in terms of like how they could control the world. And I wonder what this and maybe, you know, the likes of Groundhog Day kind of does for you in terms of those questions. What would you do if you were in a time loop? Look,
0: at the beginning of time loop movies, I'm the perfect audience because I'm always like, this is great. (laughs) This is the best. You have infinite time. And yeah, are things going to get old? Sure. But it's going to take a long time. And I know that from a philosophical standpoint, like Andy's, Andy Samberg's character, uh, Niles, is in hell. Like, he's been there far too long. And, like, you will run out because you can't. If it's a 24 hour loop and it resets when you die or go to sleep, you can only get so far. I think he says he, like, does a bunch of crystal and gets to, like, Peru or something. <laughs> uh, and, Equatorial like, Guinea. that's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he stayed awake for basically, like, three days to try to get somewhere, but it doesn't matter. Like, uh, I mean, the the ability to... And you kind of see it a little bit, like, because he hangs out at that bar a bunch. So he's great at pool and he's great at darts. So you kind of see, like... it. I like it, too, because it sets up the ability to, to retain information and to learn. And that sets up how they eventually get out when Sarah eventually researches quantum, uh, the quantum multiverse theory. So... Um I initially am always like let's go. <laughs> like if I oh like it would be so great for t- 2000 days or yeah. something. Like uh but you'd eventually go insane and um I think I I liked this one specifically because he definitely goes on a journey of what this all means or doesn't mean. Uh, and, the, and it's the candy bar uh, discussion you hear that you brought up. It's like he doesn't he doesn't care about the candy bar that's already been eaten. He doesn't care about because all he's experienced for the past trillions of days is everyone's futures. And even when he he and Sarah are talking, she he's like uh, she's like, don't you want to know anything about me beforehand? And he's like, no, because it doesn't matter. Like. And he doesn't know how to interact or go around those things where she being new to the experience is still used to sort of how time normally works and is concerned and realizes that, yeah, the 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 functionality of a human being before a certain point definitely has a has a as a pull on what kind of human that is, whether or not you're talking about like a philosophical perspective or just a precedent perspective. For instance, if uh, you meet a person that is a uh, pathological liar. You don't have that information the the second you meet them, but they might have lied to everyone in their life for the past 10 years. So, like, yeah, if you had that information before you made, like, a business transaction, that might be important. Like, so there's definitely, like, reasons why you do want to know that, but he's so far gone due to the way that time has worked that he doesn't care, though that is also a front because he doesn't tell her that he slept with her in loops a bunch of times. And that means he still has shame, which I I took as um, basically the ability to actually start caring by the end of the film. Because if he just told her that and just sort of rolled with his stuff, that means he would have believed every philosophy he espoused and uh, he might have been a little too far gone at that point.
1: Yeah. Um, Brandon, what, how did, what did you respond to in terms of uh, like – The
2: fantasy of the time loop. So I've started playing a game uh, called Red Dead Redemption. I know I'm really late to the game (laughs) on this one. One or two? Two. Okay, there we go. You're not Um, that late. And my experience, I'm not a huge gamer. I used to be. And my experience with video games is you, you can't do certain things in the video game because it just wouldn't let you. And with Red Dead Redemption you can do whatever you want to do and there's a there's a big push to do the wrong thing and to be bad and to kill people you shouldn't kill and i with that video game i've really run with that and i really enjoy being a bad guy and i think because in real life i try to be good i try because it because there are consequences in a video game it's not real there's no consequences so I, you know, I've actually... I, play, I started playing the game after I saw the movie, and, and I didn't really think too... Like, I've, I've thought about it, but I, I'm, I'd am i be afraid of what I would do. I, I think it, you know... I would be afraid to be stuck in a loop. I don't know what... I honestly don't know what would happen. Because according to <laughs> uh, what I read online is that he's stuck... At, he's been stuck in there for 40 years. Uh, uh, I think that's huh. the number that's been kicked around right yeah. now, yeah. And, and he, the, the writer has... Uh, Um, come out with that. And, you know, I think that I would certainly try to be a good person the first maybe 10 years, but after 10 years of reliving the same day and day over and again, I think that would take, like, with, you know, this quarantine has taken, I think, a major hit on a lot of people's psyche. And, you know, I think luckily enough, his loop, he he was stuck in a world where there was lots of people that he didn't know. So he could... Get to know a lot of different people. Luckily, he wasn't stuck somewhere by himself. I I don't know how well I would yeah, do. It was an event day. Yeah. So like the, he could have had a lot of experiences, uh, getting to know a lot of people. But um, you know, to me, I was going to ask you guys what was your favorite scene, and I think my favorite scene is the when they're in the, the um when they're in the tent, and she's describing that she w- she had been married before, and I'm can't remember exactly what they were speaking about and I know that I was the one who requested this movie and I wanted to watch beforehand um but I I just
0: but you're too busy being a virtual cowboy uh,
2: yeah I was I too much Red Dead Redemption and just um but yeah so I don't I don't know I I I just think it's it's we all like to think we would be these great people and, and but I think that you know a lot of us would be like Niles and I think it's you know we all like to think we would be um, the Sarah, but I don't know. I think I would be more similar to, I, I, I think I related to, because that's how I, I was Niles at the beginning of this quarantine. You know, I just, I was drinking a lot. I, I was very depressed. I didn't really care about a lot of things. And, you know, I don't know.
0: I think the, the difference for me with the characters and the outlooks is time. Look, you're both my friends. I, I love you both. I I do think that any of us, all three of us, stuck in a time loop for 40 fucking years would do some absolutely terrible shit. Yeah. Because you're going to go insane because you'll just have repetition continually. So I think – and Niles even brings this up that he – He's like, don't, don't become a sadist or he says something along the lines in the car when she first sort of realizes there's like no consequence, so to speak. She's like, he's, He says something along the lines of like, I've been down that road and it does not go well. And that means like, yeah, what's going to happen is you're going to try to be good. You're going to try to be good. You're going to try to be good. You're going to go off the deep end and then you're going to slowly crawl back with all of the fucking terrible memories that you have and then just drowned in nihilism. Like, that seems like the most logical way a human psyche, as I understand it, would function. Although Roy kind of does the opposite of that, which is
1: that he comes to, you know, I think maybe he comes to a realization that there's a beauty in the immediacy of the moments that he's actually experiencing true but
0: we don't know how long roy has been That's there true. right and we, also we... he's hunting him with a bow <laughs> and he's and he's destroying him and torturing him consistently one... so he's already there after that he re-
1: he goes home and he kind of just goes i'm just going to experience these kids you know,
2: like, as as they are right now. Well, that was after he got... That was after, though, he... So, what I thought this film did really well was explain that, yeah, you, you die and you wake up the next day, but you feel pain. So, the worst thing that could happen is getting stuck in the ICU. And he... Roy hadn't had that outlook on life until he had seen what he was actually putting Niles through. He thought he was just, you know, I'm gonna go out there and release some anger and like it doesn't really matter anyway because he'll just pop up and, but he didn't realize that pain actually carries over and you still feel everything. And I think that made him kind of, you know, question, and that's kind of going back to my whole Red Dead Redemption, like in a video game there's no consequences, but he's going, oh, actually there are consequences. He's still remembering the pain. Um, and I, I thought that was interesting because I'd
0: never seen that before. Yeah. Memory is the consequence. Here. Yeah.
2: And I, and, well, he's the one that
0: carries the memory every time.
1: And I think the thing that I really responded to is this, this, I, there's this sort of weird thing that happens, which is the film kind of open, you know, the pause the, the opening gambit of the film is that every character in the wedding, it doesn't really matter what you do to them because the next day they're just not going to remember it and uh... it's, it's going to reset. And
0: I. <laughs> grandma yeah grandma's a real real a real hanging chad on this well so we don't know
2: if yeah. other people are in the loop or not we we no, assume because yeah. there's that little easter egg at the end where you're not really quite sure if grandma knows she's in a loop and she's you know she kind of just says i'm happy you're leaving you know like yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a, like you know i i was happy that this movie ended where it did but i also think that You could do a sequel to this and not saying I want one, but I think there's a lot of there's still a lot to explore in this world of this bubble that's happening in Palm Springs in my opinion. I'm surprised
1: Niles didn't take more people into the cave, to be honest with you. I'm like, I'm surprised that wasn't like a, you know, cause that seemed like to be a, a learning mechanism. Well,
2: Because after he, well, after he brought in Roy, Roy tried to kill him. And so, it, you know, I think if Roy had been like cool with it, I think that there would have been a completely different film. Um, but the, yeah, the, I yeah. wonder. I wonder what his brain would
1: have thought of like, well, what if everybody's in the loop? Like, what happens then if we're all in the loop? Does, it, <laughs> does like, how does consequence work if we all know that we're all going to reset tomorrow? Or it's tomorrow? like the
2: Truman Show; they all know he's in the loop, but they they can't yeah. tell him. <laughs> oh boy!
1: I think I think I like the idea that Roy, you know, yeah, had been had had gone so far that he had gone to, he'd gone to like, um, Nile you know, for to hedonism to. To, to trying to escape to to basically trying to do the worst things possible and then come out on the other side and just being like it doesn't re- none of this really matters it's like playing the game you know every day and none of it really really matters um, so you know this I think the scene that really kind of touched me was when she asked him like well what you know what was your job what did you do before this and he was like I actually can't remember and and I think you know like what he was saying was basically I I've been here for so long that I don't even remember who I am or what I believe anymore.
2: I can't remember what I, you know, I can't remember half of what I did last week. 40 years, it's yeah. like, that's, yeah, it's pretty insane. And all, you know, all the drugs he must have done.
0: <laughs> and, and to the fact, like, he's been in that loop longer than I think the character has been alive. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, he seemed like he was in his 30s. So if he's in there for 40 years, yeah. that's, you know, that's weird.
1: There's there's just one last thing, which is I think that there's an interesting distinction between this and Groundhog Day, which is that Groundhog Day feels like a very much like a middle-aged man's time loop, yeah, and this feels very much like a twenty-year-old time loop, yeah. Um, you know, it feels very much like a young man's time loop. Like he doesn't, he doesn't carry any of the wisdom of of how long he he doesn't feel like he became a wiser person over time. He became like it's arrested uh, development yeah, he's just he's gotten into a race of development state, and I think that's a really interesting thing about this particular time loop for these characters. And again, maybe why I feel like the movie is of the now and feels very relevant and feels very, you know, of this moment. Um, but you know, to wrap it up, uh, for me, anyway, I do think this movie is eminently rewatchable. I think it is delightful. It keeps uh, and it, and it's just a perfectly calibrated film you know like it's just a really well calculated exercise that never feels like that it also feels like it comes from very specific senses of humor that that are unique and don't feel you know like um they went through like uh an extensive rewriting process in order to appease a studio or anything like it just felt like yeah. these are the things we think are funny yeah and let's just keep doing them um so i love it for all that all those reasons and i just think, yeah it's just it's such a it's such a pleasure to watch a movie like this right now. Like it's such a delightful escape to actually climb into this world and feel kind of like comforted by it. Um, yeah, so a huge recommendation from me.
0: Yeah, I um, I'll I'll go and then I'll let uh, Brandon finish us up. Um, this movie is one of my favorites of 2020. It speaks to the time, speaks to a bunch of stuff I like, and I think I've already said all of my pieces before. So I'll just say this: this movie is so good. That even though it's on a streaming service in perpetuity, that I will be paying for monthly uh, for the foreseeable future, unless something bad happens, Uh, if it does come to a Blu ray release, I will buy it. Like, this is a film that I want to have in a space that does not have to rely on the internet. And in this day and age, especially for a streamed sort of like thing that came out on a streaming service. I can't think of another film that I would like be like, yes, this needs to be something I can own where I don't have to be connected to the world like uh, it's it's that sort of special so I, I was very I was very happily surprised with it
2: i I think I've said pretty much how much I love this movie in every way I can. Um, this movie takes a trope that we've seen before, it keeps it fresh, it keeps it real um, in everything that it does, um, there's a scene. Um, I think you know it's the camera slows da- slows down slow motions beauty shot of Sarah and we've seen this so many times in movies before I mean I've seen this slow motion girl smiling a girl across the room and it, it I've seen it all the time and it just kind of doesn't I don't get anything from it but in this movie when that happened like I was feeling what the character was feeling and it, it, it it's something that I have I've seen so many times and it, it I, I was falling in love with Sarah at this moment and just in love with the movie. And yeah, I, I just, I, I can't recommend it enough. I tell everyone to see it. There we go. I think, I,
1: Brandon, not just as piggyback, I know we're finishing up, but I think the thing that you're describing with that shot is you genuinely feel like the filmmakers love the characters. Uh,
2: it, it, yeah, I don't know. I just, I I loved it. Uh, you feel like they're, uh, well, I lost my train of thought. Um Can I I rewind like you guys can or no?
0: No, you can't. No, no, you are stuck in the loop forever. um, You're stuck in this loop
1: forever. uh, And we have to talk about this movie... Every day from now on.
0: Well, there's nothing left to do but say, What is up, internet? Little Joey is watering dog shit. My name is Matthew Kroll. And
1: everyone's gotta find their Irvine. My name is
0: Shaheer Dowd. <laughs> and this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Palm Springs, which we just talked about. Brandon, thank you so much for talking with us about this film. Thanks for having me, guys. Where can folks find you when you are not um uh the 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 central force? in a time loop of your own uh,
2: you can find me on instagram uh, my handle is brandon james ripley i believe i have to double check i don't even know um, sort of like the character niles <laughs> i forget things i've been in this loop for too long you're doing
1: a lot of uh, flicking flicks in on the on instagram you're doing a lot yeah. of butt shots is that what you're doing
2: yeah it's brandon james ripley <laughs> just at brandon james ripley r-i-p-l-e-y And where can people find your short film? Oh, uh, so I have a link right now on my Instagram uh, so you can see a trailer to it. Um, It is also in a forever endless loop of edit limbo. That's how editing works. Yes. So, you know, festivals are closed right now. So I'm just really trying to work on it. And I'm in no rush because the whole point is to put in festivals. And they're not happening right now.
0: Yeah, no, I hear that. (laughs) Uh, Shaheer, when you are not uh living a day of moderation where can folks find you you can find me uh
1: s- uh snorting crystal myth and on my way to Equatorial <laughs> guinea on my website at <laughs> www.shahir.com that's h-a-h-i-r-d-a-u-d dot com matt when you are stuck in the effortless time loop of repeating everything I've just said once again or what you're about to say once again where can people find you oh
0: you can find me literally saying this exact sentence 100 to 280 whatever million times we've done this before at dot for my life and works also skeleton the number four p-r-e-c on instagram and p-s-n or emperor m-s-k on twitter also please check out the good works we are doing over at extra credits by the time this launches let's see it'll be next sunday uh oh we just released a phenomenal video please go watch it if you haven't it's it's uh troy uh history versus myth so we talk about the myth of the Battle of Troy, and then like what actually like, and then the, the people that excavated where they think they found Troy, and like, th- dude, this 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 um this archaeologist, and I use hard air quotes, named Schliemann, uh, he is a shyster of the umteenth degree, and it is uh, oh the story so good, so please go check that out over at the Extra Credits YouTube uh YouTube page uh yeah well what are we doing oh and please email us in onlymoviepodcast@gmail.com. gmail.com what did you think of palm springs are you stuck in a time loop are you trying to tell us if you email it and you are in a time loop do the emails still continue on or are you just sort of stuck that's an interesting quandary in and of itself let us know if you know um what are we doing <laughs> next week do we know uh there was something that popped up in my feed
1: where i was like oh yeah that's a good next week movie um i can't recall what it is right now off the top of my head the rental
2: have you guys seen The Rental yet?
1: The Dave Franco film. The other one was The Assistant The that I thought we should do as well, which I thought would be uh, an interesting one to talk about films of the now. Mm. Um, I heard The Rental was okay, and I'd be interested in seeing it.
0: We'll either put up a poll or we'll do a tweet or whatever, and it will be, it'll be a lot of fun for everybody so they can see what we're going to do next. Uh, with that in mind, uh, please have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> um, and if you listen to this again, maybe you'll find something else, but most likely it's going to be the exact same recording. I can't guarantee it. Yeah.
1: Same recording, same deal. Uh, our sense of smell has not increased.
0: But will it though? Will it be the same? Yeah. Brandon, yeah. say something different yeah. for the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah, it will be. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of the perfume? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember. Orchid like Blossom times. 60 or some, <laughs> some shit. Anyway. That thing. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.